0: Did you ever think you were it? I feel I'm so
1: sick. It take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment
2: given values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate. Is how he run, homie. Look what
1: I become. I'm the one.
2: Okay, so today's podcast will be about whether. Uh, the population growing is an issue or underpopulation. Like a lot of people are sitting there saying, well, you know, this whole concept about the way the population is growing is a very big concern. There are some data that we're saying that by by 2100, we will flatline and the population will no longer grow. And there are some people that are wondering whether India is going to pass up China. We have a lot of different things to talk about. We have the right person in-house, second time with us on the podcast, Marion Tupi, who has got a new book called Super Abundance. He's got very interesting ideas and thoughts and a lot of good research here. Uh, Born in Czech, uh, grew up in South Africa, went to school in UK, and today he's in D.C., and he's a diehard LeBron James fan, which we'll maybe talk about later on today. That was a joke, the last part. It's good to have you on, man. How you doing?
0: Thank you. I'm delighted to
2: be with you. We are as well, man. We, we're excited to have you here. Uh, so, so, look, when I think about here, senior policy analyst, Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, Cato Institute editor, humanprogress.org. And then you turn on the news right now, which hopefully will get into some of these stories, what we saw happen this week this has been a very weird week by the 100%. way like to say the least what happened with the trains in palestine ohio yeah. let's just make that yeah. the basis yeah. palestine ohio yeah. what happened with the trains in south carolina and now yesterday i believe houston houston then you have the the starlink seeing the things that it saw over japan yeah. you know then you have the the balloons the first one that they took their time and then the second one, second balloon, the third balloon. Matter of fact, I think the fifth one made it here, right? They're there's
1: just, I'm, I'm like, no matter where you go, I'm not joking. Like, it's just, I, it's ridiculous. you're not and even no, holding no, on no, to and it. and nobody, it's getting annoying, but nobody is, I don't even think, that, they're not balloons at this point. You
2: be, at this point, listen, yeah, the fact, way they're shooting it down, they're probably going to be yeah, in I'll here I'll, shooting I'll, it you down you are going to hit well.
1: it with a burner gun. Yeah. That would have been sick.
2: <laughs> so, anyways, but go, going to you, um, you know, you're, your background, uh, your background, what you've done, if you don't mind taking 30 seconds, sharing with the audience your background, and then let's get into your ideas of why you think we shouldn't be concerned with the population growing the
0: way that it is. Or right. maybe we should be, so, but go so ahead. So I, I, I think that it all started with growing up in the communism. So if you can get closer um, to the mic. Absolutely. Yeah. So growing up in the communism, then uh, coming to the capitalist West and realizing that... Uh, um, you know, uh, different regimes and different countries have different sets of uh, political and economic arrangements. And so I was always interested in what makes countries rich and what makes countries poor. And then, uh, given I only had 30 seconds, what happened then was that I realized that there's this new growing green religion, uh, which talks about human beings as being... Um, you know, basically a cancer on the planet. And I believe in the exact opposite. I think that the more people we have, provided that they are free so they can exercise their their minds, their thinking, can invest in the market, benefit from it, profit from it, that actually having more people in the world is better because we create more economic growth and more prosperity for everyone.
2: that's interesting you're saying that so i know i said 30 seconds i want you to feel more comfortable going because it is a long-form podcast but you know so for me being where i grew up and where i'm at now it's very important for us to know you know like it was always wanting to find out how does one become rich can everybody become rich what are the principles that help somebody become rich so for you coming from the czech background when i lived in germany there was a lot of folks from czechoslovakia in 89 that were escaping you know a family that was very close to me the staff family jan and katarina staff the specifically family that i remember you know and they would tell me stories about what it was like there so for you what does it what what conditions and climate helps people become rich and the same as helps some people become poor
0: well uh- Everybody, uh, not everybody, can become wealthy. You know, everybody can become successful. Um, you know, you you can only work with whatever God-given talents uh, slash DNA uh, you have. But the first prerequisite for having at least a shot at being successful and rich is that you have to live in a country uh, where uh, you have basically the freedom. Uh, both political and economic freedom. Uh, what do I mean by political? Or Well, freedom of speech, for example, is incredibly important. Uh, to be able to interact with people like you, exchanging ideas, learning from each other, um, maybe innovating something together, then uh, applying those ideas in the marketplace. Um, and if it works, then, of course, profiting. Now, that only works under some form of a free market system. Um, if you are in North Korea, it doesn't really matter Um, what great ideas you have, you cannot implement them. First, you cannot vocalize them because you have a uh, complete ban on free speech, but also you cannot really implement them in practice. There is no market where you can succeed with your ideas or your your innovations. So I would say that free market uh, over time has proven to be um, the, the, the best way in order to generate economic growth. And it's not just capitalism in the way that we understand it over the last 300 years, but even if you look at the past, it's 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 localities that have allowed for greater openness, uh, where where the government took its boot off the necks of ordinary people, where where uh, where people were able to flourish and become rich. Uh, that includes uh, Song China uh, in 12th century A.D. An incredibly um, sophisticated and wealthy societies. And then when the Ming come in, basically they have 800 years of stagnation simply because the government changes and they change the political and economic ideas and institutions that they have. Uh, similarly in, uh, you know, um, say for example, in, in ancient Rome, second century, uh, very high, uh, high level of, of stability, which then gets replaced by obviously the collapse of the Roman Empire and Dark Ages. So you can have these efflorescences of, of economic growth, but they usually, they, they usually peter out because politics change and whatever. And my big concern about the United States right now is that I would like us not to be one of those, uh, one of those countries where we have a sort of 200-year period of high economic growth and then suddenly everything stops and we have stagnation for the next 500 years.
2: By the way, if you look at stats, which countries have grown the fastest – over the last uh, uh, I'm sure there's data on this the last 50 years I know India slowed down ever since they came up with their one-child policy No, China I'm China, sorry China China slowed down India keeps making babies the average age right now in China is 38.4 I think we're 36.4 I think uh, India is 26 or 27 years old they're very young and they're if they haven't already passed up China in population they're about to but what what co- what countries are you seeing where the level of population growing, exponentially is matching innovation? And which ones are you seeing that where the population grows, innovation is declining? Mm. what, what, What trends are you
0: noticing? Well, I would say that economic growth is really a combination of population and freedom. So you don't have to have a growing population Uh, necessarily, if you're compensating for it with higher degree of economic freedom. So China starts to liberalize after 1978, and they have a very high economic growth rate. In fact, they are the most successful economy over the last, say, 40 years. What, 58 or Uh, 60? 1978. China China sort of drops hardcore communism. I mean, it takes time for them to liberalize in more areas. But but the point is that during the 1980s and the 1990s, for the last 40 years, China has been growing quite rapidly, even though they did have the, the one-child policy. Now, my argument would be that if they didn't have the one-child policy, they would be growing even faster. Um, India uh, also has succeeded a great deal, um, partly because they started liberalizing, they started having a more capitalist system after 1991 reforms. And uh, India has never implemented the kinds of draconian anti-population policies that China has. So those are two success stories. Ireland is another success story. The the, the great disappointment over the last 30 years, at least, must be Japan. Uh, Japan, which which has basically stagnated, but also many countries in Western Europe. Um, Italy hasn't seen growth in the last 20 years. Um, and and places like that.
2: How, how has Italy not seen growth? They're some of the most attractive people in the world. They should be making babies <laughs> right? left and
3: right. Like yeah. I
2: would assume, like when you're like Italian stallion, you're thinking sly. All these attractive people, they, for them to have that kind of emotional control, Vinny, it's got to be patriotic. It's to not <laughs> right. To just okay. So can you pull at up bay. the data I just sent you? Pull up the data I just sent you. The link I just sent you, where it shows countries whose population <laughs> has grown the most can you go up so we can have actually the leaders bulletin i don't know if the link i just sent you shows me a leader's bulletin do you see
0: Actually, the map is quite telling. Uh, if you look at the map, you see that um, Africa is the darkest, uh, has the darkest view of the of the, uh, the color on the map, and that's because um, Africa is still growing. In fact, Africa is the sub-Saharan Africa is the only region in the world where women have more babies than is necessary for replacement level. Replacement level is 2.1 children per woman per lifetime, and pretty much everywhere else in the world. Uh, can you explain that? 2.1 children per woman per lifetime, that's the replacement level. If you want to keep population stable, right. you need on average 2.1 children per woman. We folk. spoke about mm. that last yeah. time. Yeah. And, uh, and as, as you can see, pretty much nowhere else in the world um, do, do you have a growing population except in sub-Saharan Africa. So the question there is, why is sub-Saharan Africa, even in spite of its growing population, not generating a lot of economic growth? And the answer is because they are generally not free uh if If you grow up in the slums of of uh, Maria, get a little closer uh, yeah again. yeah uh, if if you grow up in the slums of uh, Lagos, for yeah. example, uh you could be a genius kid, but there is simply very little. Uh, that you can do with your life, um, you're probably going to get a crappy education. You are probably never going to be able to go to university or implement your ideas in the marketplace because you don't have the capital or whatever. So once again, I emphasize that 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 growth, economic growth, prosperity, is an outcome of population times freedom.
2: So 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 is there any correlation between uh, lack of technology? For like, okay, which country? Make, like if I look at this. Uh, statistics from 2012 to 2021. You see what countries have grown their population the most, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Iraq, very interesting. Not sure why. 37%. Okay. Go a little lower. Go a little lower. Uh, Chad, Somalia, Benin, Maldives, Uganda, 33%. Kuwait, 27%. Afghanistan. Why are they increasing at the levels that they're increasing? Qatar, a lot of these are Muslim nations. Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, uh, Israel 18.37 percent Philippines 17 percent Iran 16 percent population growth from 2012 to 2021 on them growing the most turkey by the way again well, a lot of these are Muslim nations keep going keep going keep going to see where we go where okay India 11.2 percent Canada 10.7 percent Costa Rica 994 Switzerland 8.84 Ireland uh, right there. Uh, Mexico, 8%. Norway's pretty much 8%. Brazil, 7.5%. U.S.'s population has grown 5.74% since 2012. We're ahead of U.K. But keep going. I'm trying to see if anybody, okay, China's 4.3%. They're they're seeming to have a net negative population in 2022. Some of the numbers that I saw, people that are fleeing and leaving. Spain, okay, now we have negative, which you were talking about Italy. Minus 0.72 in the last 10 years. Japan minus one point five three, uh, Armenia three point two three, Ukraine, Greece. Ukraine is down four percent. Romania is down five percent. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Croatia is down nine percent. Puerto Rico is down ten percent. Uh, and then you have at the bottom, Marshall Islands. Okay, Puerto Rico, Saint Martin. So, so when you look at this core, is there anything that says why Muslim nations are growing faster than others? Is there anything we know about that, or no? I actually don't know. I, why.
1: I, it's in well, it, it's in the religion in the Quran that yeah. got Muhammad said for them to spread spread out as much as they can because their average, I think, is three kids. But the majority of the Muslims that we see are like four, or five kids. But it's a it's a it's a it's a religious thing where in the Quran it says to be flourish and you know as many kids as you. So, as you so can. okay, so
2: so let's let's kind of see if we can come up with something. So one. To me, you just said it's religion. Hundred percent, okay?
1: it's in the Quran. So if 100%. we put religion
2: as one, mm-hmm. can we put culture as because t- re- even Mormonism, right? Like 100%. Mormons, yeah. You know, the moment you have five kids, people ask if you're Mormon.
1: Hundred percent. At four, <laughs>
2: yeah. they think you're still maybe you might hashanic, be a Christian. Yeah, but at five. <laughs> They ask if you're They're like.
1: Wait a minute. Yeah, where do you are you? Yeah, yeah I you're, get you asked. read the book.
2: I get asked if I'm Hispanic, but 100%. I know I know if you you're draw not. the line at yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're from uh, <laughs> Bountiful, Utah. Yeah. So religion, we have culture. Uh, uh, e- e. Do you notice that the less there is technology advancement, distractions, more babies are being born? Hmm. Is there a correlation between well, that? Like you know how back in the days people would say, "Well, we had 11 kids, but
0: because we had no TV." Yeah. There's certainly a correlation between. Uh, being a rich country uh, and and uh, having fewer babies, partly because most rich countries also have a very high percentage of women who are in uh, uh, who are in the uh, you don't know who are in the work workforce, um, and um, you know staying at home taking care of children has a much higher opportunity cost than going and work in in the marketplace so let's say that uh, um, a woman becomes a banker and can bring in quarter of a million or half a million dollars a year home uh, staying at home basically and taking care of children means that the cost is between a quarter of a million and a half a million, right? Whereas if you are a woman, say, for example, in, in, in an African village, and you are not really a part of the official workforce, but you, you still work, obviously. I mean, you work you work at home, you're a homemaker or whatever, uh, but you're not actually bringing, bringing in any monetary income, then, uh, then then the household is not suffering that kind of opportunity cost.
2: You know what else I'd want to know? I'd want to also know which countries in the world lead in abortion. Is there a way to pull up this data?
1: Pretty sure it's going to be Wh- nice.
2: Which countries in the world lead in abortion? Like, what are abortion laws in, if we can just pull up leading, what is that? Top 10, 10 countries with the highest abortion rates annual per 1,000 women. Wow. So, yeah, at the top is Russia. Russia, wow. Interesting. 53.7 out of... Uh, but that's all four. That's a long. A lot yeah. has happened since 2004. Yeah, but just e- even
3: though, even though it's 2004, you know, so look it's at done. the stark difference between one and two. Oh yeah, no, ridiculous. Can you scroll in on that a little bit? Vietnam and Russia. You know, it's not even close. I'd I want to know. I want to know who's, who has the least. I guarantee you, it's going to be a
1: lot. 10. <laughs> I bet you Mexico is going to be the number one that does so not. So go have. to the
2: bottom. Let's see if the bottom shows uh, the opposite. Ten countries the
1: Mexicans are not having abortions, bro. They're just like no. We're good. Oh.
2: That's pretty wild. That's dope. You I, told you, I, said like I told it point 0.1%. Like I you, your expertise is AI and abortion.
3: <laughs> That's,
2: so Mexico. Vinny's
3: moving to Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So point. Can we get into these numbers a little bit? Yeah. Where were you going with this with the with the abortion issue?
2: I'm trying to see the the areas that are growing with more more yeah. kids. So his his argument was that women higher education. They not only don't want to have more kids, they can have more kids if you're a career, if you want to make your career a priority over maybe other places where you're working, but you're working for different reasons to hear it's more to want to compete. So, women is one. What else would be the reason for some of these countries' population to be growing as fast as they are Hmm. and some that are not? But go ahead, you seem to have a question.
3: Well, uh I. the Russia thing just throws me for a loop here. I didn't want to go down the abortion alley over here, but that's very interesting how much Russia is leading the world in abortion. Do you have any rhyme um, or reason for
0: that? You know, all of these things. Um, you know, whether countries are growing, whether they are not, whether the population is declining, how many abortions they have, they can have many different causes, um, and and I don't think that we quite know exactly how they all interact with each other. But Russia is a country which has had a problem with um, basically um, having a very negative view of the future. This has been a case since really the 1970s. China, uh, Russians have been um, uh, suffering from the problem of alcoholism for a very long time, um, uh, dying early. So there's a lot of uh, stuff with depression and basically not seeing Russia as a place that is going anywhere. Now, one possibility is uh, that uh, you are not having children partly because of economic uncertainties, but also partly because uh, life generally is is tough, and 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 uh, and a lot of Russians just don't see a future for for, for that country, as opposed to, for example, Israel. Israel, um, the the interesting thing about Israel is that is that it is a wealthy country, but uh, women, even though they are highly educated and they are working. Um, still keep on having children above the replacement level and that's not just the Orthodox Jews but also secular Jews. Mm -hmm. And one possible explanation that I've come across is that because Israel has been growing so fast and, and has had such a Positive attitude about its future for the last twenty or thirty years that people feel yeah I can I can have a third baby because the likelihood is that my income in ten years time is going to be much higher than it is right now now that is not the kind of calculation that you can make in Russia or in Italy for that matter
3: interesting well in Israel I would assume that has a lot to do with tradition culture e- economic freedom um, f- being free you know there's yeah. the book uh, Startup Nation uh, yeah. about the, the Miracle that is the the state of Israel. Um, well, essentially, it's, it, it leads to your point right there. Yeah,
0: I mean, Patrick has already written down that you know it's um, um, you know that there are cultural aspects to this and religious aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for the Orthodox Jews, uh, it's obvious why they want to have. Yeah, uh, they're competing with our
3: friends, the Mormons. Uh, right. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they oh, might yeah. be winning.
0: Uh, but but culture, the general perception of how the country is doing and where it's heading can have, yeah. I think, an impact on how many. Sp-
3: speaking of you know, what we, what you alluded to with Russia, the, this outlook of negativity, like looking into the future and not being able to see yourself having a good life. I, I actually want to hone in on what's going on in America today, because as you're saying these stats, right, um, you know, it comes down to political and economic and socioeconomic. And you see these numbers, Rob, I, I slacked you something if you could the the amount or the share of generation who is proud to be American is falling off a cliff. It's actually insane. And it's something that I actually feel very deeply about. If you look here, the net shares of each generation who say they are proud to live in the United States baby boomers, who are essentially our parents, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 73% are proud to live in the United States. Gen X, who are in their 40s and 50s, 54%. And then it reaches the, below the 50% fre- threshold when you get to millennials, 36%. And Gen Z, 16%. You're yeah. talking teenagers and 20-something-year-olds who are abundantly not proud to live in the United States. And as you're saying these stories about, all right, economic freedom, check, mm-hmm. okay, <clears throat> say whatever you want for the most part, 100%. check, I'm wondering, where did this shame come from, based on your findings, why people, young people in America are not proud to be American? That's something that deeply, deeply bothers me.
0: So once again, I think there are probably a lot of causes at play. Um So... I want to talk about one or two of them, but before I do that, just just get let's get the numbers right. So right now, native-born American women have about 1.7 children per woman per lifetime, and again, you need 2.1. That 2.1 to, to, to replace it. yourself. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's mostly immigration, which is still driving um, uh, our uh, our population forward. So America is still growing in terms of. Um, in terms of its population, we are not shrinking like the Japanese, for example. But it's mostly driven by non-Native American women who are having more children than immigrants. immigrants. Okay. Uh, now, um, possibly, I, I think one of the reasons that I that is sort of a, uh, in my mind is that I do meet a lot of young people. And uh, part of the reason why they feel so bad about America is because they are actually deeply ignorant about the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. There is very little understanding amongst the young about just how rich Americans are vis-a-vis the rest of the world. Now, I, I, I understand that income is not the only thing which matters, uh, but still, in spite of all of our problems, 9-11, financial crisis, uh, COVID, etc cetera, um, we are the richest generation in the whole history of the United States, we are much richer than our ancestors were. And not just that, Americans are much richer relative to the second most developed part of the world, which is Western Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even middle-income america I mean, if, 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 um, if the Western European income, if you compare it to the American states, to the 50 states, it would be on par with Louisiana and Mississippi, the poorest states in the Union. Those are the average incomes. How,
2: wh- how do you calculate that? What's the, what's your, what formula did they use to define that?
0: I think this would, be, this would be GDP per capita, okay. um, as, as far as I recall. Uh, I mean, I, I saw it online a number of times from reputable sources. I think one of them was Timbro, which is a Swedish, Swedish think tank. Um, and and um, uh, the reality is that here in the United States, Mississippi and Louisiana are the poorest states in the Union. Uh, And if you go to the richest, they are roughly twice as rich as the poorest states in the Union.
3: California, New York. California, New York. And
0: and Western Europe is on the level of America's poorest states. Uh, uh,
2: Again, so let's go back. So what causes people to keep having kids? What causes people to stop having kids? So aside from a law mandated by the government like China, let's set that aside. That's a law. We can't do nothing about a law, right? This is depressing to look at this. It's very disappointing to see how Gen Z feels about uh, their, uh, what do you call it, how patriotic they are. But I'm not surprised. Gen Z spends the most time with uh, teachers. And by the way, you want me to tell you the craziest data about teachers? I'll tell you the craziest data about teachers here. We just got the statistic this last week based on a research we were doing with Kai. Um, Do you know what percent, and this is, they got this data exactly on how people, gave money contributed towards their political party. Mm-hmm. What percentage of Hollywood do you think votes democrat?
3: 90%. 90%. It's
2: exactly 90-10. What percentage of professors in universities are democrat to republican?
1: 90 90 democrat. I would say more For than that. For every
2: one conservative, yeah. how many democrats are there? 13 12 12 okay. It's 1 of 12. It used to be it's 1 of 12, 1 of 13. They're so talking
3: 94%. Exactly.
2: So 1 of 12 is a uh, uh, That's a full on monopoly. All these people are worried about monopoly. There's no bigger monopoly than this one. But watch this one here. So, when you think about Gen Z, who do they spend the most time with? English teachers. What percentage of English teachers are Democrats? English teachers in K through
3: 12.
2: 99%. 97%. What percentage of health teachers are Democrats? Health teachers in school, health and guidance. I'm going to say 95%. 99%. They're the highest. English teachers are 97%. Health is 99%. Here's a little one that they have a little bit of reason. Science and math. What percentage are Democrats? Remember, this requires logic. I'll, I'll just say 50. 87% oh. to 13%, okay? So 97 <laughs> is is uh, English. 99 is health. Uh, 87 is math and science. And Gen Zs are spending time around them nonstop. Hence, you're going to be thinking like they do. So I am not surprised at all. They're being convinced that America sucks and America's bad and America's this, and uh, get a little one, one of the benefits about having YouTube and access to different channels where you yeah. can kind of brainwash yourself out of the insanity stuff you've learned. You almost need to unlearn the crap that they've yeah. learned. But let me go back. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm interested in. So, to me, what I'm looking for is formulas. Okay. <laughs> what is a formula for happy marriage? Uh, spend. <laughs> Adam, take notes. Are you married? Are you married? <laughs> okay. Wh- wh- well, l- just, but let's just kind of uh, talk uh, about it. Just, what do, you what know, do open, you, like you know, Rob. But, what do you? What? What have we heard? What is the formula for happy marriage?
1: Uh, don't lie to each other. Be honest with each other. Respect. Respect each other. Okay.
2: So you, women want to be loved. Men want to be respected. Yeah. So don't publicly humiliate your husband. Yeah. Have
1: a good job. Be successful. You know. Don't. Don't be. Okay, broke. So
2: finances is another yeah. one where there's not a <gasps> lot of financial issues. Faithful. Mm-hmm. Faithful, which is you're being faithful to each other. To and each other. Maybe there is faith. Involved, you're going to some, you're practicing yeah. some kind of a uh, whatever church or denomination you have. What else would you say is the cause of a, a long lasting marriage?
3: Effective communication,
2: effective communication, maybe common values and principles. Yeah. The children, maybe you're having sex at least once yeah. a week. And yeah. I, I know this statistic, I'm interested Fats. in statistics. Yeah, you know what? I just launched in PHP two years ago. Huh. A couple came up to me, we were sitting down having a meeting together. And I noticed a trend with a few couples who had been married for, this was couples that were married for 10 plus years. So many people started telling me that they don't have sex, but once a month. And I said, that's, that doesn't make any sense to me. In our business, we have something called a perfect week. A perfect week is when that week you make a certain number of calls, a certain number of prospects, a certain number of appointments, a certain number of sales you do in a week. The new perfect week I added. Is a date night at least once a week, and you have sex at least once a week. Mm-hmm. We've added this. I said treat your marriage as a perfect week. One date night, sex at least once a week. You'd be amazed how many people Sunday night at eleven fifty nine are getting it on. Like, babe, we got to get our perfect week. She's She's like we the, got
3: the to do list. She's, She's like, like, oh okay. shit, hurry Pat Pat up, said, get it packed, We are Let's covering the topics t- that are essential. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but the but the reason but the reason why I'm asking this as funny as this sounds and as like ludicrous this sounds. This is based on a lot of conversations you have with people. And if you're not having sex in marriage for more than a month, something's going on in that marriage. Someone's not having it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you go to, you know, s- s- uh, success formulas for me having a million dollars on my bank account. I don't know. Set aside $300 a month at 12% over 30 years or 40 years. You're going to have a million bucks. Okay. You know, what else? You do $1,000 a month at 12% over 21 years, you got a million bucks in your account, right? If you can set aside $1,000 a month at 12%. There are formulas. How do you get a raise at a company? How do you keep increasing your salary? How do you stay in shape? I want to know what formulas causes people to stop having kids and for people to have more kids. More kids, lack of education, does that equal more kids? Lack of, um, you know, uh, entertainment and advancement in technology—is that what causes more kids? Is it cultural expectation of, hey, in our community, in our religion, you can have as many kids as you want—five, six, seven, eight kids. What is it, okay? And then, like the the number that we have—that's two point one—I mm-hmm. like that because we have a number to go off of that we're at least growing our population. I'm more interested to see what trends. <laughs> Do we notice with some countries that are growing and declining? What is it? Why is that happening?
1: I really I really do think in the Muslim nations in the Quran it does say children are a gift from God and they just fl- and I know Muslim guys that have I know a guy one of my boys has 5 kids and their attitude is just flood the world as much as us as we can so so we'll be will be a voice to be heard. And I mean dude it's I mean it's happening. The majority of Muslim men that I know have at least 3 kids. And, at least and- average
0: and and the same i believe in judaism the the insistence that children are a blessing now so i don't have the formula what i can tell you and what we address in the book is that in the west we are embracing the anti-formula not that children are a blessing from god higher power whatever but that children are a curse upon the world that humanity is a cancer upon the world. That to bring a child into the world is an act of ultimate selfishness. Let's say that you are a young and impressionable uh, young person uh, reading the New York Times, Washington Post or the Atlantic. What are the stories that you would have encountered over the last six months? Um, having children is selfish. Uh, children will consume or will produce more CO2 into the atmosphere during a lifetime than five trucks or whatever um, and, and what we found was that actually public opinion polls are beginning to reflect this kind of apocalyptic vision of the future, where increasing numbers of men and women around the world, but primarily in the West, are saying, we cannot bring a child into the world because the world is going to end famously, AOC said four years ago, yeah. end in 12. Yeah. Um, that uh, the world is getting worse, which is an- another falsehood. Now, it doesn't mean that the world doesn't have problems. The world has God knows how many problems. But compared to when, when you compare us to 20, 50, 200 years ago, the world is in much better shape. Yet somehow people have this notion that the world is getting worse, it is going to end, we are going to run out of resources, we are going to despoil the planet, the planet is going to explode, everything. And and and, and so increasingly, people are saying we cannot bring a child into the world that is about to end. And so the point th- that you I'm- think, You think people are thinking about that? Well, they, they say so explicitly, it's it's in the book, we point to um, uh, opinion polls yeah. uh, that show that people really believe that we are heading towards some sort of a planetary catastrophe.
1: So Mary, what do you what do you tell those people that are saying? Because like right now, I think we're at seven billion nine hundred thousand and and growing. Eight when it comes, we we, to the,
0: we, we crossed eight we crossed billion eight. in November of last year. Uh, okay, officially, you didn't I mean, get the you update? Update. I
1: didn't. I didn't get the, didn't get yeah. the email or the balloon, yeah. whatever. So, but hey Mary, what do you tell these people that are? Uh, they're concerned about all the natural resources that that we do have. So, are you saying with that growth comes all the stuff like you know the fake meat that they're making? You know, eat bugs like. Are you saying that there's enough natural resources here that we could flourish no matter how high this number is going to get?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, There is plenty to go around. Mm -hmm. And uh, when shortages do occur within the market uh, mechanism, uh, you can always produce more. Mm -hmm. We produce much more wheat per acre of land than our ancestors could. Uh, That is why we are able to feed 8 billion people around the world. Have you noticed that in spite of all of this population growth, So again, let's start with the numbers. Mm -hmm. 1800, Thomas Jefferson is president of the United States. There is 1 billion people in the world. Today, uh, Biden is president for better and for worse. There's 8 billion people in the world. And yet we are able to feed on uh, all of these people. And actually we are beginning to take some of the land which we used for agriculture and we are beginning to return it to nature, to animals and to flora. How do we do that? We increase wheat uh, production or yield on one acre of land, this is how you do it. If you're running out of fish, we are currently running out of fish in the wild. Uh, much of many of much of the ocean is becoming depopulated of fish. What do you do? You turn to aquaculture. You start breeding fish in ponds. Fifty percent of all of our fish consumption now is. Uh, Fish grown specifically for the purpose of being eaten, so we don't catch them in the wild, and hopefully we can get to a hundred percent. Should at some point in the future, um, should it happen that I don't know, we are going to somehow run out of cattle mm. or, or chicken? Well, we are just going to grow cells of chicken or or, or beef in in huge watts mm. bat, bat, whatever yeah, yeah, baths yeah, of of, um, uh, of of liquid, and uh, we are going to produce food that way. Uh, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be impossible food. This is actually going to be, you'll be eating a steak. Actual steak. Yeah, it just happened to be grown from a cell of probably a fantastic cow. Yeah. So all of those listeners out there who always wanted to eat a Wayago steak but cannot afford it because it's, it costs $300, yeah. one day we will be able to take the genes or the, uh, or, or the cells from the best cows in the world maybe the ones from japan mm-hmm. and everybody will have a steak for 5 or 10 dollars i can't wait is so 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 that's what i'm saying is that is that is that the the amount of resources in the world is only subject to human knowledge it's human knowledge that matters because we can always
3: create more we can grow more mm-hmm. is your contention that with population growth you know we're at 8 billion we were at 1 billion Eight, you know, in 1800 years ago yeah. plus that the more people the more minds there are, That's the more technological advancements will come of it, the more, you know, you get smarter, more efficient, more innovative, and better things will happen because there's more people, not despite it.
0: That, that is the fundamental premise of the book. So awesome. you, the, the thing to, to, to remember is that not everybody can be an inventor or an innovator only a small fraction of humans will ever invent or innovate anything. It's it's or, in single digits. It's probably around 5 or 6%. But
3: everyone reaps the benefits of those innovations. Precisely, like Elon
0: Musk. Pr- precisely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wish to God that we could have 8 billion own Musks, oh my that God. the world would look very different, but yeah. we don't. But my, but my point is that 6% out of a population of 300 million people who lived at the time of Christ or Caesar Augustus, really the world's population was 300 million, or, or 6% of 1 billion people who lived at the time of Jefferson mm-hmm. is a still much smaller total number than if you have a population of 8 billion people. So if that fraction of humans who innovate stays the same, then obviously you're going to have many more people like that in a population of 8 billion. And, and it is these people who have, it's only human mind currently, that can produce new ideas. It is new ideas that you can turn into inventions. Mm-hmm. Then those inventions get tested in the marketplace to separate bad inventions from good inventions, the VHS from uh, Betamax, uh, you know, um, uh, and the, the Diet Coke from Crystal Coke or whatever it was called. Yeah. I can't remember. I remember that. Uh, the Trabant from a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you will end up basically with innovations that increase productivity, human productivity, and therefore our standards of living.
3: I want to go back to what Pat sort of questioned you on was uh, about whether or not, whether it's the media, whether it's politicians, whoever it is, mainstream media, that is trying to convince people not to have kids. What I want to kind of hone in on is America and Western civilizations. I want to know what percentage is white college educated women who are basically saying, I'm done with having kids, this dream of being a A mother, a housewife, a homemaker is, it's it's not for me. I just want to work and make money. And then that is leading to sort of population decline. Can you hone in on that?
0: So I don't know the numbers because the studies that I have seen, uh, the public opinion polls, have not been broken down by race or political political persuasion. Um, But... uh, uh, what just I, go
3: with your gut up. Yeah, no but what i can
0: tell you what i can tell you is that uh, the the richer the society becomes the 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 higher you go up the uh, maslow hierarchy of needs you know, at the bottom you have your clothing, your food, your water, your security, and at the top you have self, self-actualization. self mm-hmm. And basically what tends to happen is that it is in societies where people are extremely rich. And again, we are extremely rich by historical standards where people have all this time and all this money to um, basically devote themselves to pet projects such as... Um, I don't know, I I want to live in the United States where all the plastic is banned or I want to uh, transform the United States into uh, a society where uh, there are no guns or where there are abortions and and, and things like that. The the, the point is people have all this time and all of these resources to to pursue their pet project. Now, the pet project can be good, the pet project can be bad, but it's only rich people who who have this amount of time to do that.
3: Yeah, can you pull up uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs? Hierarchy
0: of needs. So yeah.
3: it's it's very interesting because I want to I want to get your opinion on essentially what you said. I interviewed this. You familiar with the Freedom Forum? It's but Gary Kasparov. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was invited there via Pat uh, a year and a half ago, and um, I interviewed who is essentially. I, I, forgive me, I forgot his name. He basically hosts the Daily Show, but of Iraq. Oh, really? He's a comedian, humorous, satire. Uh, And I said, what's your biggest wish for the people of Iraq? And, you know, you would assume, you know, living under no fear and tyrannical governments. And he says, my wish is for them to just come home every night and watch reality TV, and that'd be the biggest thing on their mind. I said, what? What are you talking about? He says, do you understand how lucky you are in America to go to your job, to work, to just live your life, do what you want to do and come home and have the freedom to just watch meaningless dribble on TV because you're not concerned that a bomb is coming over your head, that someone in your family is going to get dragged out of the house for having dissenting political views and just you're not you know scraping by for food, water, shelter, any of the basic human needs on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he goes, my wish is for the people of Iraq to just watch the Kardashians Mind-numbingly mindless. Yeah. But he goes, Unfortunately, we can't do that. Life's tough. And that was such a stark example of like, holy shit. That's how where we're at in America today. We have life is so easy. It's so good that our biggest issue is like whether Chloe lost four pounds today on the Kardashians. If you've been over there, Rihanna's is, pregnant or not. Or Rihanna's pregnant, whatever it is. And it's just things are so good here in the West in America that it it's almost manifesting like things are so bad because we have so much time to focus on minor things that don't affect day-to-day life. Yeah, Is that essentially your premise?
0: Yes, and, and it gets a little bit worse than that and in, in a sense that, you see, at the top of the pyramid, things are only zero-sum. Um, at the bottom of the pyramid, if you have freedom, if you have people, they are going to provide for water Food, shelter through normal market mechanism, right? Uh, we have sort of tackled that particular that, that level at the muzzle, uh, of the Maslow pyramid uh, pyramid of needs um, back in maybe like the forties or the fifties. Um, but again, the, the market can provide more food, more shelter, more sleep, mm-hmm. innovation, growth, etc. But at the top of the pyramid. The problem with self-actualization, where it becomes zero-sum, is that your idea what a perfect society may be may may be in direct conflict with mine. So maybe you are prioritizing equality uh, of outcome uh, over my prioritization of liberty and the ability to succeed or fail within the market system. And so when, when, when we are at the top of the pyramid and you insist that everybody should have equality of outcome, that affects me negatively immediately because it means that I have to forego something if I'm better off than you are. And that's what leads to social conflict. I think that's part of the reason why we are at each other's throats is because we are all at the top of the pyramid, but we have very different ideas about how the world should be structured. About in the, how, West, because uh, in that's the West. In because the West. Because life
3: is so easy. Yeah, about how, how America should function. By the way, Pat, what was the, – they do this – sort of like debate, I don't know if it's in Cambridge or in Oxford, it's in the UK, and they had this comedian come on and basically sort of clown wokeness. Constantin, Did you see
0: this? Yeah, Constantin Kissin. He runs a, uh, a podcast. Okay, yeah, you've seen in this? UK. Yes, I have.
3: I don't know if you can pull that up, Rob. What a, a prime example of this. Because he basically, you, you talked about like... Bowing to the idol of greenness, what what, mm. what was the terminology you used? Just oh, a little the bit green ahead. religion, yeah. The, the green thing. religion, yeah. eco fanatics. And he said, "Let me tell you why the the the, the climate change and, and the and the global uh, catastrophe is never gonna gonna work on it." Can you go back to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs? And he basically said, "You have literally billions of people in all around the world: India, China, third world countries, Africa." you know, Middle East, who are still on the bottom level, who are still just fighting for air, water, food, shelter, all that. And here you are at the top of the pyramid, self-actualizing what a green new world would be. That's right. Because it's never going to happen mm-hmm. because you have billions of people just fighting for the basics, the basics of survival. Meanwhile, you're over here basically on your, you know, iPad in your air-conditioned home, in your college education and just sort of looking down on people, because they, they won't take climate change as seriously as you when they're literally fighting for their basic needs and survival. And that was the guy's, I think, is entire yeah,
0: premise. Kissing. Uh, so I would I would sort of divide the world into two parts. Uh, one is the developing or the underdeveloped world. Mm-hmm. And they are obviously not going to buy into the whole decarbonization of the economy. Um, wherever you stand on, on fossil fuels or green technology, um, the fact is we are, going to use, we are going to need fossil fuels for many more years to come because they are the cheapest. And so the people who are still very poor, say most of Africa, most of Latin America, much of Asia, these people are going to be using those sorts of fuels.
3: More than half the world. For,
0: is what uh, uh, well over half yes. of the world. Um, and, then, and then the other part of the world, the, the, the Western world, um, also generally tends to be democratic, And so what we are basically saying is that um, we are asking – or rather the the Greens are asking us to democratically elect for us to be poorer, right? And I think that much of the conflict in the West right now has to do with the fact that in order to implement the Green policies – all of us would have to suffer a great decline in our standards of living. And that's what's playing out already in places where the green agenda is most advanced, United Kingdom and Germany. Um, People are washing themselves in lukewarm water because they cannot afford hot water. They cannot heat their homes in the middle of winter. Europe is much further ahead of where we are heading if we embrace the same policies, the same green policies. We are just going to be much poorer, or alternatively, we are going to elect governments that are going to behave in a very different fashion.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, so let, let me ask you a question about this uh, the the book. How much how much research did you guys do w- with the book in regards to what religion has the most kids, which countries are the most optimistic, which states are growing and not grown within the states, what uh, climates causes uh, <clears throat> people to have more kids because some of the content that I'm looking at right now is contradictory.
0: Did you did you go into looking at which religions are having more ki- more most kids and well, why? We didn't look. Okay. Uh, we didn't look at religion. Uh, the, the book is devoted specifically to answering the question whether more people are going to exhaust global resources. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. I, I, I guess I, I I get that. And what I would want to know is so so here's. I just sent you a bunch of links. So go to the one with, go to the abortion one that we looked at as uh, uh, as well earlier. Which country has? You have the link up there. One of them. Where it shows which one of the countries is having the most uh, abortions today, and who was at the top by a mile, it was Russia. Then it was Vietnam. I think was number two, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even close. It was fifty-three percent to thirty-two uh, percent. Uh, go a little lower. Go a little lower. Yeah, there you go. So Russia was at the top, fifty thirty-seven. Vietnam was thirty-five, and then you have a few different countries there. And then if you go lower, you'll see where well, where U.S. is at. Go uh, go all the way to the bottom where you have the different list of. Uh, Countries it should have U.S. there as well. Is it, does it have it or wow. no? If you go all the way to the bottom, uh, I don't know. There you go. That's the list. Okay, twenty point eight percent. So we're still up there. Uh, uh, you know, China has twenty four point two percent of the population that's getting abortions, but we're still up there at twenty one percent. China is forcing you to get an abortion. Wow. Here, we're not forcing you. You're choosing, and we're at twenty one percent. Right. Okay. So then I said, okay, why would you why why would Russia have abortion as high as they do? You said they don't they're not optimistic about the future, right? To see like what the future looks like. Is the future bright or not? So because of that, they don't want to have the kids because they don't think it's a safe environment to have the kids, right? Then I went to the optimistic, most optimistic country in the world. And if you go to that one, I sent you the link to that as well. You have it in the top right. Yeah, it's one of them that said the there you go. Zoom, this, zoom this, zoom in on this one, which is kind of weird. Pessimism and, and optimism. The, the uh, go zoom in just on that chart of Statista. Yeah, it shows that China more things are getting better in the world than are getting worse. China is at the highest level, eighty-six percent. There's no way this data is accurate to show China is the most optimistic country <laughs> in the world according to the, their data. But that's exactly what this is. It shows India is second. And it's Saudi Arabia, then it's Malaysia. Now, look at the one at the top. Over the last year, the world has become more dangerous. People are more afraid. Colombia, 91%. Peru, 90%. South Korea, 88%. Look us fourth. U.S. is 86%, meaning U.S. is more pessimistic right now then optimistic right now. I'd love to see where Russia's on the leaders' bulletin here, if you can even go to the bottom or not, to see if there is a Russia here or not on the bottom. And then it broke it down by this. Okay, zoom in a little bit to see where Russia's at with this. Uh, Russia's right there, minus 4%. So what's their score? If we're at 86, uh, what do you see U.S. on that list? We're at the down bottom. towards the bottom, minus, yeah, one minus right 4. Yeah, minus 4. Okay, Russia's also minus 4. Okay, where we're at. But what does that mean, minus 4 of what, though? 34% gray. Some would agree. When you really think about it, uh, more things are getting better in the world these days than are getting worse. Nope, Americans don't believe things are getting better. Chinese think things are getting better. Hence, they're at the top.